Hello and welcome to the Circular Economy podcast, where we find out how circular approaches are better for people, planet and profit. I'm Catherine Wheatman of Rethink Global, and I'll be chatting with those people making the circular economy happen, rethinking how we design, make and use everything. We'll talk to entrepreneurs and business owners, social enterprises and leading thinkers. You'll find the show notes, links and transcripts at circulareconomypodcast.com, where you can subscribe to updates and our fortnightly edition of Circular Insights. Hey everyone, hope you had a good week. It's episode 46 and I'm recording this on Friday the 6th of February 2021. I still seem to be in catch-up mode, trying to clear projects from 2020. I've been helping Circle Economy with the new version of their Circle Lab Knowledge Hub, the most extensive and searchable database of circular economy examples from around the world. There's been a big update and you can now add your own case study examples. There are some brilliant new features coming soon, such as being able to create your own collections of case studies and to give feedback on case studies if you think there's something wrong. I'll put a link to the Knowledge Hub in the show notes. We're probably all aware that the circular economy continues to gain traction and now regenerative agriculture seems to be gaining ground too. Sorry about that pun. I mentioned the excellent documentary Kiss the Ground in my January newsletter. Peter Desmond had arranged a free screening through his local sustainability group. And in the last couple of weeks, I've had several invitations to be involved in regenerative agriculture initiatives, including the Save Our Soil conference at the end of February. I'd like to give a shout out to Colleen Raju in Canada. Colleen is also a circular economy and sustainability consultant and was the first person to correctly guess the word puzzle I'd posted on LinkedIn in our occasional series on the A to Z of the, of the circular economy. I'd posted eight definitions over a couple of weeks, asking people to work out the anagram. The answer was resilience. Well done, Colleen. Today, we're going to be talking to yet another entrepreneur inspired by the circular economy. Gary Giles set up his company, Ogle, to use a material that's quite difficult to recycle and very bulky. So transporting it to be recycled is expensive. We'll hear how Gary was inspired by the modular design of Lego and how he's developed a way of constructing durable, well-insulated buildings that use only three shapes, are easy to assemble and need very few tools. During the conversation, I mentioned Swansea University's work on the building as a power station concept. It's called Project Specific, working on a design concept called Active Buildings in which buildings are designed to generate, store and release their own renewable energy. I've included some links in the show notes at circulareconomypodcast.com. In today's episode, I'm talking to Gary Giles, founder of Ogle. Whilst at work one day, Gary Giles and his old boss were trying to think of additional uses for a new piece of bagging equipment that he'd just purchased. Their idea was to make reusable sandbags for flood defences. However, They quickly realised that whilst the reusable idea was great, they still had to figure out how to join the sandbags together if they wanted to build a watertight wall. They'd arrived at the age-old construction problem. 
How do you build a wall without using something to glue or hold identical parts together? Gary, welcome to the Circular Economy podcast. Hello, Catherine. And it's good to see you. And I think you might be the um, almost the nearest guest so far to um, where I am in, in North Yorkshire because you're up in Newcastle, is that right? At the minute, on the, on the, on the banks of the River Tyne. It's a lovely, lovely place to be. You know, sort of, it's a little bit here, but uh, that's part of the course and lambs up here. <laughs> Good stuff. So, um, please carry on with that story. How have you how have you solved that age old construction problem? Basically, sort of the the, the the problem that we've solved and how we solved it is is by going back to look at um, how we learn to build as children, really. And if you think about it, when you're a child, you're given wooden blocks and then you're given Lego blocks. And then for those who sort of grew up and go into the trade, you're given you're given bricks, and the the basic the the, the same shape. Uh, so the problem you've got is, um, joining, if, you, if you think about it in, in Lego block terms, you can join Lego blocks up and down quite straightforward. But what you can't do is join two Lego blocks side to side without using either a block below it or a block above it to like sort of, sort of tie the pieces together. So what we did was um, we figured out there's, there's a method of um, manufacture called extrusion, which is basically sort of just making long shapes, which are then cut to whatever length you want. And what we do is we take an L shape and then we tessellate, which means turn around upside down. And we take an L shape and turn it upside down on its head with another piece to make a block shape. And then what we do is we join the L shapes sort of back to front and, and, and sort of build the wall sideways by linking um, short and longer pieces together. A bit like a brick wall, but on its side, if that sort of makes sense. Uh, and, that, and that means we can sort of take, say, one metre long pieces and we can make a 10 metre long wall, put them in the same pieces simply by overlapping the pieces. Wow. It's so one of these things where it's best. So what you've come up with is a, is a uh, kind of um, uh, modular piece that can be used in um, to, to link everything else together. Um, and you just repeat and repeat and repeat, but it's linking, it's it's kind of locking locking the pieces together sideways as well as vertically up and down yeah 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 uh, because if you think, because what happens is if, if you the problem with any sort of building sideways is you've got to join the side piece to the side piece whereas if you overlap pieces then technically you don't have a, you only ever have a half joint you never have a full joint right the, the front and the back of the wall uh sort of what you tend to sort of do is is overlap so that, so that the joint at the front overlaps with the middle of the piece at the back, which means it's it it it, it joins at, at its strongest point almost. You know, mm. it's one of these things where it's hard to sort of sort of do on a podcast. But if uh, if anybody would sort of get, have a look at it, how it works, you can sort of see it on our um, our video of it, of it working in a two minute video on our website, which is at uh, ogel that's o g e l dot world. And that's what uh, I was just going to say when I was it. when I was interrupting. I was just going to say you've got a nice little video on the website that um, shows a building being constructed and ha- just how easily everything goes together, um, you know, without any glues or fixings and goes around corners and um, you know yeah, just... makes makes um, uh, or leaves spaces for doors and windows to be fitted and all that sort of stuff. So it looks it looks brilliant. And where do the end of use materials come from? And you know what what um, materials are they made of okay so uh, we use we use styrene based um 
um, we, we could use PVC, um, but from a strength perspective, styrene is actually the best material to, to, to sort of build out of. It's, it's better from a um, uh, strength perspective. You can build it thicker, be lighter. It's it's not as expensive. It's also, from a waste perspective, one of well, depending on, on depending on the source, um, one of one of, one of the uh, the worst materials to sort of compact and turn around again because sort of um, obviously sort of styrene tends to come in um, obviously sort of an expanded format for pa- for packaging. Mm, yeah. Uh, so we use so we use so we use things like um, it could be fish boxes, it could be old signage. Um, it, back in the day, it was, it was CD cases. Um, uh, we, we also we also use the linings, the inside linings of fridge freezers, uh, computer casings. Um, printer casings, which all tend to be sort of um, high impact polystyrene. Mm. Uh, so there's, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of um, of sources, if you like, you know. Yeah. Um, and because it's a wall, because it's a wall, um, sort of as with most walls, you can, you, sort of, we can do it in black, we can do it in white, and do it in, depending on the source of material, um, and it works pretty well. So sort of, um, if we use like like old fish boxes or our packaging um, that comes in white. Mm. Well, the colour tends to sort of stay stay white, you know, sort of um, white for the outside, darker colours for the for the sorry sorry white for the inside, just say, and darker colours for the inside, you know. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so that, and, that's brilliant that you that you're taking a whole load of quite problematic waste materials because I remember from my DHL days um, the problems of trying to get polystyrene. Um, and particularly the um, the packaging recycled, and it wasn't just the the need for specialist recycling facilities; it was the logistics costs of getting it there because, of course, it was all really bulky, yeah. um, and so um, it, yes, you know, it's quite an expensive problem. So it is, and it's one of these. Go on, sorry. Well, just going to say how how many thinking about the 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 blocks, how many different shapes or sizes of blocks do you need, say for um, doing a building with a floor and a roof and so on. Uh, we just use one shape for everything, one L shape. Fantastic. And it's just how we cut it. Sort of. Um, uh, what we do is we we do our cover um, a piece that sort of, we have two of the pieces really, sort of, which is we have what's called what's called an X tie, which is a piece that goes through the 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 block at the bottom and the top to join it to, to join it. To other to the other courses, hmm. and we have a piece that goes on the inside, like a clip that goes on the inside, which joins the left to the right, and, and, and makes sure that the left and the right can't separate. Right. Um, or, or we can use screws. It's sort of we can we can do do it either way, really. You know, the, the the idea was was to try and come up with a building which you don't need any tools for. Um, that, that theoretically you can do it all with your hands, or at most with a screwdriver. Wow, that's 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 uh, yeah. I really like that principle. That's because Fairphone's one of the examples that I always use. Which you know you can take apart and uh, replace the modules on that with just a single screwdriver. And yet, it, you know, for for lots of products, particularly tech products, um, you know, it's kind of uh, special tools and proprietary kit and things like that, which all all seems yeah. designed to just stop anybody getting <laughs> inside yeah. it, even to replace the battery. So that's brilliant that it's um, you know it's all from a single shape of block and and how do you fit doors and windows? How does that work? 
what we have is we have an extrusion that's um, that, that's basically like a C shape that goes round. And in, 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 in building terms, you call like a window opening or a door opening that that's called a reveal. Mm-hmm. So what happens is is that we we effectively go round the reveal with with uh, a bit a bit like um, a picture frame in reverse almost. Uh, go on the outside, and then we simply sort of drill uh, or, or screw the um, the window, the doors straight to that reveal. Right. So, so there's no there's no kind yeah. of um, you know difficulty in in making something that's a um, you know fully functional, um, as you said, humanitarian shelter or garden shed. I saw one of the the examples on the video. Um, I guess yeah. um, sort of. Um, office space in warehouses and things like that when um, you might want something that you, exactly, can, you yeah. can move around easily or you can um, you know st- start small and then realize you need it uh, you need a bigger space now because of um, coronavirus and, and physical distancing rules yeah. so you can just add, take it down and add a few more blocks in and make it a different uh, size and shape. Um, exactly that. I mean, I mean, sort of. I mean, what I, what I should sort of say. I, I, I mean, I, I'm guessing you've already guessed, but the, obviously the name is Orgel, which is actually Lego backwards. Ah. Obviously, Lego is the inspiration. <laughs> Brilliant. No, I hadn't yeah. guessed that. That's really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's so that, that's why if you have a look at the logo, the logo has the arrow pointing um, sort of uh, left to right rather than right to left. And the idea is, it's, uh, I, I normally play a three-two-one game where I sort of say, well. And so people sort of say, where, where does the name come from? And I normally sort of say, well, do you, do you want to play the 3 2 one game? Sort of, sort of the uh, first question, first clue is, you know, what's it made out of? Oh, it's made out of waste plastic. Oh, it's made out of plastic. Okay, yeah. Second clue, uh, what, what does it do? Oh, it's a building product. Okay. Third clue was also, which way, does, which way on the name does the arrow point? And then they look at it and they go, Lego, Lego. Yeah. Because, oh, I mean, good. let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because Lego was the sort of that was the inspiration. That yeah. was the inspiration is how it sort of started. It's nothing like Lego. It works nothing like Lego at all, really. Um, but that you know, sort of building something out of plastic is you know, sort of if 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 if, if, if say to anybody in the world, you know, sort of who's ever seen it, sort of you know, uh, sort of sort of you know, sort of make a plastic building. What would you use? that say Lego, you know. Mm. So, sort of, but the idea is is that in years to come, they go, you know, sort of sort of. So, so if you want to make a plastic building, make, make it from Orgel, you know. You know so, it's a, so it's a little bit of a joke, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Well, I hope hope you've um, trademarked enough so that Lego can't sort of pinch your design and use it for a, yeah. more, a more flexible um, building brick yeah. uh, method going forward. I know that yeah, um, well, Lego do do have quite a few circular economy ambitions, but haven't looked closely at um, at what those are. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I mean, I think thing with. I mean, I mean, Lego. Funnily enough, it uses a very similar material called ABS, which is a, is it, um, which is which is also a styrene based product. Mm. Uh, I think it's, what the, what the I think it's a butyl styrene. I can't remember the what the A and the B stands for, but the S is styrene. Mm. Um, but the nature of Lego is that um, it does. It's difficult for it to sort of break down and be, be recycled because it, it's a thermostatic plastic rather than a thermodynamic plastic. You know, so it's hard to. Um, read, read with. I mean, with my limited knowledge of plastic, uh, yeah. So that's all. I suspect there might be some issues in that, in, that, in that respect. But that being said, it would be lovely to sort of think that in, in years to come we can turn a, uh, some old Lego into into Orgel. You know, that, that would be a that would be a beautiful bit a bit a bit, bit of circular economy, wouldn't it? You know. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And turning a, a a toy into 
into say humanitarian shelters or something like that would be a good story wouldn't it so where whereabouts whereabouts have you set up production gary production at the minute of um what i should explain is that as that sort of production is really making uh something of this sort of nature uh in 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 the extrusions in the the extruded sizes that we're making it's quite large uh there's only sort of two companies in the whole of the uk do it Right, because uh, this, this, this sort of stuff tends to be, be sort of made in China, which is great. China's fantastic, but you imagine it's a bit crazy, sort of, given the amount of waste we have in the UK. It'd be a bit daft to sort of take that waste, put it on a boat, send it to China, make make sort of um, our L profiles out of it, and then send it back to the UK. Um, so we found somewhere, in the, in, you know, after much a lot of work, we found somebody in the UK who, who would do it for us. Uh, who, who are down and based in Worcester, uh, and they've been fantastic and very proactive in helping help us get the products ready ready to go, to go to market. You know, and dealing with all the 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 real world problems of actually making the stuff. You know, which is which which were quite quite difficult to say the least. You know, sort of it was a it was it was it was quite a task to overcome really. Mm. Well, that sounds good though. Um, making sure it's made, um, you know, at source. It, yeah. at, at source. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess once you've sorted out the um, processes for making it, then you have the potential to license those processes so that um, things could be made more locally if you wanted to go down that, that, exactly, that route. Ex- ex- exactly that. I mean, if you, if you think about sort of with any product, really, sort of you've got a raw material, you've got a process, and then you've got a finished product in, in, in very basic terms, you know. Mm. Well, sort of, you know, sort of, if you think about it, the raw material that we need, which is, which is waste styrene, is all around the world. It's it's everywhere, mm. you know. So 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 the raw material is not really a problem. The process is relatively straightforward, and then what we're making at the end of it is something which because it's a wall and it's a reusable wall. It's got a very 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 long lifespan. Mm. You know? I mean, sort of. Uh, I mean, we are actually sort of, sort of as part of the marketing campaign, which is a little bit of a joke, but it's also serious at the same time. Sort of. It comes with its of the the product's going to come with a, a nine hundred and ninety nine year anti rot guarantee. You know, wow! Because it's never going to rot, you know. Yeah. Wow, that's good. So, um, can the blocks be recycled at the end of use? You know, even even if it does stand for uh, ninety nine years or you know one hundred and ninety nine or whatever, what can you do with yeah. the blocks at the end of use? At the end of it, sort of take them, take them back, shred them up again. Melt them again and make another wall out of it. Brilliant. So perfect so circular economy. Then that's really good. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what about some of the other challenges of buildings in different locations? So, um, you know, for a UK installation, can you insulate the blocks? Well, yes, we can insulate the blocks, but then again, we don't really have to because um, we have a test done on it, and whilst we haven't got the final numbers back. Uh, because it's it's styrene based, and if you think about it, a lot, a lot of uh, insulation anyhow is made from styrene. Uh, because we have effectively um, a thick wall made of styrene, uh, a, a trapped air air space, which is which is mm. a, a natu- trapped air is naturally a good insulator, yeah. and another ball, wall of styrene. It's certainly as warm, but up but up to uh, twice as warm as a normal double skin brick wall house. Wow! So, so wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, so you don't actually need insulation in the walls. Wow, that's really good. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 once again, and, and because we make the roof out the same process, how we make the roof is, 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 is how we make the walls. We, we simply turn the, the wall on its side to build the roof. Mm. Uh, so, the, the, so the principle is exactly the same. Uh, so, so really, sort of, and because sort of in most houses, most heat is either lost around the windows and doors mm. or it's lost to the roof. Mm. Uh, and because the roof's effectively made from styrene now, it it's good. It's going to retain all the heat. Yeah, there's, there's, and know, I guess sort of, I uh, guess the same applies to the to the floors because um, we live in a pretty old house, and one of the problems we had when we were renovating it was how far we had to dig down to put um, uh, hempcrete in, um, yeah. you know, to get some insulation in because we were, it was just an earth floor, um, and but you know even if you put concrete in or something like that, it's not. That's not an insulator, is it? But I guess from yeah. what you're saying, um, then the the floor would be insulating too, which would be really good in in cold climates. Correct, exactly. So, or, or very hot climates, you know. Sort of. Um, I mean, we are. Um, I mean, what I should sort of say is we, we're working on a lot of little ideas. Obviously, sort of our main focus is to get the building right first. Um, but we're actually sort of dealing with a company in the northeast, at very early stage, who have invented a um, a solar panel. A roll. Mm. The idea is, is that sort of what we'll do is uh, either using uh, photovoltaic panels, which you can currently get at the moment, which, which will work fine. But the idea is, is that that we would roll this on the roof or roll it on the walls, and then put batteries in the void in the wall. So the idea is, is that you just store all your all your power in the wall, you know, um, and and the, the batteries are actually quite heavy anyhow. Um, so you can actually sort of make fully self-contained buildings, you know. Yeah, excellent. Uh, from, from, a, from a power perspective, you know. Yeah, that, uh, but, at that, same, but at the same time, you can't because there's there's there's, there's plenty of voids in the wall to, to fill. Uh, so you can make a very very uh, so. I mean, and and then what sort of talking to them about initially is um, doing some work in India, uh, whereby because I'm sort of in, in India, sort of the, the the big problem with India and sub-Saharan Africa is. Not so much growing the crops, although that is an issue. It's storing the crops so that they don't rot. Mm. You know, so if you've got, if you've got, a, if it, so, I mean, in the, in the UK, we, we want the buildings to be warm. In 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 sub-Saharan Africa and in um, India, they want the buildings to be cool. To be cool, mm. you know. So, so if you can effectively put a, a fridge unit in the building, and then power the building from the solar panels on the roof, and store the panels, store the power. In the walls, then you know, so sort of you should be able to uh, give a, you know, a much longer shelf life on 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 the crops that are grown. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of different um, directions that you could take it in using solar power and so on. And that reminds me of a project I heard about in at um, Circular Peterborough last year, um, with right. um, Swansea University working on um, buildings as a power station. Um, using lots of new solar panel technology that they were trying to um, design the, the panels themselves to be, um, you know, circular economy principles so that they could be taken apart afterwards if new new technology came along that was that was better. Um, yes. But it was, um, yes. you know, it wasn't traditional solar panels. It was um, the fabric of the building, which just looked like a kind of, you know, a normal um, modern, maybe, a, uh, you know, visually it might look like it was clad in metal or something like that, but it was all solar yes, panels. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, really innovative. I'll um, I'll look that up for you afterwards and, and uh, share well, the details. That would be fantastic if you could do. That would be great, Catherine. Thank you. So, excellent. 
And so thinking about all the stuff that you've been um, learning about sustainability and the circular economy and so on, who would you recommend as a guest for the programme to inspire people about um, going circular or to talk about the problems of um, the linear economy and how to change things so that they're more circular? Yeah, I think a good guy to speak to is a guy who who did a lot of the design work for Orgel in, in, in getting it off the ground. And that's a guy called uh, Richard Parker, who has a company called E3 Design in Newcastle, who do a lot of work uh, in designing products. Uh, and he's got some interesting sort of stories to sort of tell us to sort of how some of the, some larger companies that, that, that they do work for are now attempting to um, design, um, you know, recyclability and and reusability into some of their products, you know, and and give it and, and in some cases give it a long give it a greater longevity as well, depending on the product, you know. Mm, that sounds good. He'd be, he'd, he'd be a great guy to talk to, I think. Excellent. Well, I'll um, hook up with you and get get his uh, contact details afterwards. Thank you. And looking back on your um, entrepreneurial um, career and the the lessons that you've learned trying to get a startup off the ground and, and, you know, find somebody to produce the, um, the blocks for you and all that, all that kind of stuff. What top tips would you share with anybody wanting to either start a circular business or take their business in a more circular direction? I would also, for my, um, for my take on it, I would always sort of say it's just, it's, it's, it's look at, treat it as initially um, how you would do it with any product? You got to stop. Is there a need? So is it so? So is there a need? Uh, is there a customer base? Is it's customer base wide enough? And then the final question should always be: Is okay? I know there's I know there's a, there's a there's a need. I know there's a market. Now, sort of sort of before I even sort of put pen to paper or try and design this product, how can I then? recycle what I'm about what I'm thinking about making so it becomes sort of the last step but it's all part of the same process you know sort of sort of get it right in the, in the design stage because if you get it right in the design stage and you think about all the possibilities and all, all things that can go wrong and, and how you're going to recycle it and reuse it and give it greater lifespan then then you design out hopefully um, the waste problem, or, or certainly minimise the waste problem. And the final thing I would sort of say is, is, is do what we try to do and design what we call a full stock product, i.e., a product that never needs to be recycled because it's it's lifespan. You build in the reuse, you build in reusability, you build in longevity into the products, i.e., it never has to be recycled. So try and build a full stop product. Fantastic. A new a new phrase for circular economy enthusiasts all over the world, full stop products. Excellent. Thank you, yeah. Gary. That's really good advice. I think um, that could help a lot of startups, particularly and product designers, you know, looking at how they design the next next range of products to start with that as a as a key priority. And to ask that question at every stage. Um, and I guess, you know, how can I recycle it or how can I make it? even easier um, to recycle and that starts with you know can I disassemble it to begin with and that, you know as well as the materials that it's made out of so thank you exactly that's, yeah that sounds really yeah. sensible and Gary how can people get in touch and find out more and have a look at that nice little short video on your website 
Where would they find okay. you? Okay, so um, the best way to look at it is, is to go to www.orgel, that's O-G-E-L, Lego backwards, dot world. <laughs> so that's www.orgel.world. Okay, fantastic. And we'll put that link in the show notes as well in case people don't... Well, I'm sure the um, the Lego bit's easy, isn't it? It's perhaps what... <laughs> What comes after that? But yeah, thinking about and maybe thinking about Lego, uh, and uh, and changing the world by going th- going circular. So, um, Lego yeah, backwards and world. Excellent. Thank you very yeah. much. Well, Gary, that's yeah. been really interesting, and um, I look forward to hearing more about how it's going. And I know my um, husband was um, was looking at the video, and had designs on it for his um, you know possible office shed. Um, so uh, so maybe we'll talk afterwards about the potential to do that. <laughs> Great. I'm sure we can because I'm sort of, that's brilliant. Okay, thank okay. you very much. Thanks, Gary. Good luck with it. Thank you. By using polystyrene, Ogle makes use of a material that's a major recycling headache and also has inherent properties that are perfect for the end product, being very light and having excellent insulation. Inspired by Lego, Gary sticks with the clever concept of everything being from the same shape. In this case, Ogle's extruded profile and just uses different lengths of that same profile to form the walls, roof, door and window reveals. I liked how the design can be used in so many different ways, as a floating building, as a home office, as a humanitarian shelter and much more. And I loved Gary's concept of the full stop product, that if you create something that never needs to be recycled, it's put a full stop to the problem of waste. It's the opposite of all those single-use products designed to be disposable, like most of fast fashion, sold for just a few dollars and designed to be worn only once or twice and then become waste. That's it for this episode of the Circular Economy podcast. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review and tell your friends and colleagues. The Circular Economy podcast is brought to you by Rethink Global, helping you use circular, sustainable approaches to make a better world for people, planet and your business. Get in touch via the website or connect with me on LinkedIn. If you'd like to learn more about the circular economy, why not go back and listen to episode one or buy the new edition of my award-winning book, A Circular Economy Handbook, How to Build a More Resilient, Competitive and Sustainable Business, which takes you through the concepts and practicalities, including lots of real examples from around the world. Make sure you get the edition with the orange cover, which has a new chapter on packaging, lots of extra examples and updated research in every chapter. You can find resources and links mentioned in today's episode, as well as a transcript of the conversation at rethinkglobal.info, where you can find out how we help you succeed with Circular.